0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe.
0: Bros Pod is, of course, brought to you by BetOnline. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including updated odds on NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that Major League Baseball is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts.
2: everybody and welcome to another version of Bill Roden on sports. Uh, I'm Bill Roden. Uh, I've been traveling uh, from east to west. Uh, I'm now in Phoenix kind of made it here safely and soundly uh, and um, you know here is bright of course. Valley of the Sun is sunny, hot as hell <laughs> and uh, but it's all good you know I know Jamal you're back in Brooklyn holding it down what's going on?
0: Yeah, back in Brooklyn. Uh, it's sunny, but not, not as hot yet. We're still, we're still in the 50s out here. So, you know, we're waiting on this. Uh, I don't know. I think we skip spring and go straight from uh, winter to summer nowadays. So I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting on this summer weather to get here. But I well, is it's to- here.
2: I can send you some back in a rocket ship. Summer is definitely here. Sounds uh, yeah, man. So what we got on the agenda today?
0: So... We got we got two very very special guests. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, you know some big things that they have going on, uh, apart and together. Uh, but first, we got the great Gary Charles, uh, New York City grass grassroots basketball legend, and founder and CEO of ABIS, which is Advancement of Blacks in Sports. And we also, of course, have Dave LeTo, uh, Vice Chairman and Strategic Management at abIS but also a former head coach at DePaul and also the University of Virginia and he's currently working with overtime elite so Gary and Dave thanks for joining us
2: two Thank legends. For having
1: us. Thank two you.
2: legends in the field yes
1: man,
2: I, I just saw uh, I just saw Gary uh, maybe last month uh, in uh, New York and Dave man, man I haven't seen you in, in, in years man.
3: It's been a long time. It's been a long time, but we, we stay connected because I follow you. But most importantly, Bill, I follow the words of wisdom that you've poured into uh, people like myself over the years and especially relevant today. You know, some of the words of wisdom that you were dropping on all of us, especially as young coaches, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. So I appreciate you for, for who you are and what you've uh, done for Black for people men in general, but for me, a black coach navigating through this, this, uh, this business.
2: Hey, thank you so much. You know, the thing I miss, uh, both you, Dave and, uh, Gary, you know, the thing i miss, and this goes back to missing big John. Uh, but remember at the final fours, we would always get together at the final fours. It'd be black coaches, writers, a lot of young coaches and, you know, Chaney and John and, and Nolan and Ralph would be there. And, uh, Man, it was just such, such great sessions. And, uh, you know, I really, really miss it. In fact, I went to the women's final four this year for the first time, actually, for the first time in all the years I've been going, I went to the women's final four this year and uh, wound up wrote writing a column that seemed to me that Dawn Staley is almost becoming the John Thompson of the industry. Mm-hmm. And I was hoping maybe we'll do it next year to do the same thing with those coaches that we did with the men's coaches, you know, kind of had the same sort of thing. But, man, those things were really priceless. You know, those gatherings were really, really priceless.
3: Sun- Sunday nights, Bill, Sunday nights. Yep. Uh, at Lock ourselves in a room for hours on end yep. and just go back. Yep. And, that, and that kind of what I was saying. And, you know, the thing about, about Big John, God, God rest his soul, is – what I picked up, one, he was such a profound speaker, uh, yeah. but it wasn't, wasn't just his presence or his tone, but he always uh, spoke from an angle that nobody in the room was thinking of. And, <laughs> right. and, and right. it was you know, almost exclusively every time you heard him speak. And for me, as a colleague, but also a competitor, uh, it was awe-inspiring because, you know, the whole Georgetown experience for for Black people, Person and in case a black right. and then a black coach uh represented what I wanted to be not just as a coach but as a human being. So I hung on every word, but it was always something like doggone, and I wasn't thinking of that. And I don't think anybody in the room was thinking of that. And then the commonality between the challenges of coaches as it relate to players and the challenges from you all that that you face in the media, those you know, similarities kind of brought us together and, and helped one another kind of navigate through everything.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I know, Gary, uh, you went to a lot of those, too. So so, um, why don't we, Gary, why don't you tell us about what you've been involved I'd like to hear from both you and Dave, uh, what you've been involved with. You know, I guess what we all have to go through, and it's not have to, it's just life. You know, like, Dave, you look at from the time you got into the business, Both, first you play, then you serve your apprenticeship as, as an assistant, and then you climb the ladder and then you finally get your job get your shot and then it comes to be a point in all our life, like us me will bond all that you know will bond owns the industry now but you know yeah. you know you want to be a sports writer then you want to be a columnist then you certainly get to a point when you're in your 60s or even older that you're thinking okay what now what next you know what do we want to do now to extend the legacy and all that so i guess That's a a kind of way of asking, uh, you know, how are you guys uh, extending the legacy, you know, based on this whole evolution of what we all go through as players, coaches, and then other aspects of the uh, industry? So why don't you guys talk about what you're doing and how that extends sort of your legacy and your impact of what you're trying to do in the sport?
1: You know, um, I was listening to you and um, Dave just now, Bill, tell some stories and i want to start off by saying that i remember coach john cheney because i was at cheney state when he was the men's coach at um cheney and and vivian stringer was the women's coach but coach john cheney was also my my gym teacher so i always i always remember him stopping class 10 minutes early having to sit down and talk to us about life lessons and i've never forgotten those life lessons and it's amazing how we come full circle in trying to get some things together And so some of the ideas I've had go back that far because of Coach Cheney. And uh, obviously, after the George Floyd murder, uh, it did something to all of us. And I think at that time, you know, David and I felt that we needed to come together and uh, create an organization that could make a difference in a lot of people's life. And this is how ABIS, Advancement of Blacks in Sports, you know, came to fruition. Uh, gathering all the black coaches, but not just on the men's side, but also on the women, on the women's side, like the Dawn Staley, as you mentioned, and the Joni Taylor, and the Vivian Swinger. It, it almost took on a life of its own, but then we were able to stretch it out to other sports, you know, baseball, football, track and field, gymnastic, even fencing and surfing, you know, which I didn't even know black people even uh, surf. <laughs> uh, so another story, and and, and obviously Jamal came in, you know, Jamal Murphy because. One of the things that concerns us is that we need to change the narrative. We need to be the ones to tell our stories instead of someone else telling our story, which is always wrong. And uh, so that's extremely important as to part of our mission in uh, making some things happen. Dave, I'll let you
3: take it from there. Yeah, so, so Gary is exactly right and why we started. And, you know, there's a so, so much commonality between oppressed people. You know, over hundreds of years, and so uh after the George Floyd murder, I think it struck a chord with everybody, and that we all we, we got sick and tired of being sick and tired, as Gary right. would say. And and as a result, you know, as you mentioned, Bill, when, when you get to the age we're at, you're like, okay, well, I can go to work tomorrow and do do what I normally do, but but that's just you know not enough. So how can right. we rally everybody? We've got student athletes who. Uh, have to take a back seat. We got you know administrators who have had to take a back seat. We got hiring practices uh, which are not fair. We've got uh, everything across the board. And so, how can we create a unified voice that will somehow you know continue to attack the establishment or put them on notice finally that we are here and, and we are a voice that has to be reckoned with? And so, the the beauty of it is that. It was easy to get people that look like us to to join because everybody in every space, you know, has a story to tell about how uh, they have been uh, left behind, uh, forgotten about, and 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 unfairly treated. Right. Uh, so, in that in essence, we grew a lot faster than we could ever imagine. As Gary said, we spread. You know, hey, we we've been involved in basketball our whole lives, but we found out that the women are are as probably not as but more powerful. And, and their attempt to do what they need to do than we are. Right. And then you talk to a volleyball coach and see, oh, my goodness, this is what's going on in your sport. And across the board, not just collegiately, but on a, on a grassroots level, on a professional level, there's so much work that needs to be done and we could make a difference. And so as, as we, you know, as you mentioned, grow in our 60s and beyond, what can we do and what we can give back and honor – you know, the people that need us, but also the people that have fought before us. And and so it became a labor of love. Uh, It's a lot of work, as we all know. But uh, when you put, you know, good faith effort into it and you attack the the people who have been doing you wrong for so many years, uh, it becomes that labor of love. And and we've made a difference in a lot of areas, but we certainly, certainly, certainly have a lot of work to do uh, from this point on. Talk about some of the areas
0: that you guys have made a difference because I know you you guys have done a lot. I, as Gary mentioned, uh, you know I've been you know involved to some extent. Uh, I've written articles about ABIS and about some of the issues that there are in the games now. Uh, but talk about some of the things that that you feel like you've been able to accomplish already in
1: such a short time. You know, I I think we've done um, you know a couple of things, and sometimes it's hard to keep up, right? You know, one of the first things that we did, we were involved with Travis William, a former head coach at uh, Tennessee State. We had an idea about an HBCU All-Star game during the Final Four. And uh, when he approached the NCAA, uh, the marketing group kind of like stole his idea and made it their own. Uh, and he came to us for help. And uh, as I like to tell people, not on my watch. And so we had our lawyers reach out to Ben Crump was actually part of us. He's an advisory board. And uh, we put our heads together to figure out how could we combat that. And we did. Reached out to CBS. Once CBS found out the truth and understanding in that climate, they didn't want any problems. So they um, uh, canceled a contract that they had with someone else and gave it to his proper owner, which was Travis Williams. And because of that, this year, for the first time, there was an HBCU All-Star game during the Final Four. That was big. I was really big. I was there. It was tremendous. It was great. So now it's going to happen every year. So that's one thing that we've done. Hey,
2: hey, hey Gary, I, just, could you just – I want to hold on to that point because, you know, we always get our shit stolen. Uh, could you just take me through – how did that happen? How did the, how did the thievery happen?
1: And then so, you can talk about how we got it back.
2: Because our stuff is always getting uh, – All the time.
1: You know, all taken. All yeah. the time. And that was the reason why I wasn't going to let it happen this time. And, when, and David and I and other people put our heads together – to combat that, but what ended up happening was this: Travis went to the NCA. The, the NCA thought it was a great idea and took it to their marketing arm. Uh, so the marketing arm took it to CBS, like it was their own, and CBS cut the contract uh. with the marketing arm of the NTA So the NCA, to some degree, weren't, weren't even aware of the whole story. Okay, at least that's what they're sticking with. But anyway, so the point was that. Once uh, Travis reached out to uh, Rob Nanier, who at the time was the head coach at Georgia State, he's now a new coach at SMU. He said, We need to call Gary Charles from ABIS. So we did. And I heard Travis' story. And I said, Just like you just said, Bill, that's a man. This happened to us every single day. But you know what? Not on my watch. It's not going to happen. So obviously, you know, you go out there and you reach out to a brand crump. Uh, and then I reached out to CBS, uh, some of the people over there telling them what we were about to do, that we were going to organize a march, we were going to kill them, and everything else, and CBS was basically like, whoa, we weren't aware of this, and obviously Travis had all the proof in the world that this was his, and once they we were able to get that together, CBS, con- you know, canceled that contract with that marketing arm and said, okay, Travis, let's work, and Felicia Hall-Allen, who's kind of like, if Dave's the right hand, she's the left hand, of, of 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 abis in, in regards to uh, along with myself, so um, she got involved too, and in, uh, and helped contract uh, help Travis construct a contract, and now he has a couple year deal with CBS for the HBCU All Star Game.
2: What what mistake if he had to do it all over again? Although it's turned out to be a happy ending, what miss what would you have done that you didn't do in terms of Allowing, you know, some the marketing arm or whoever that is to take the idea. I
1: think what if, would you do? I think from a Travis, Travis standpoint, he wouldn't have been as trusted, as trusting. He would have had his lawyer attached to his hip, you know, at that time to make sure everything, you know, went at, at you know the way it was supposed to. But you know, we're good natured people and uh we think things are gonna work out the way they're supposed to, as you know, Bill, they don't. Uh, you and I, Dave, we've been around for a long time. You know, Jamal here's the puppy here in this group. Okay, <laughs> you know, but we've been there, done that. And um, as I tell people all the time, we waited four hundred years. We're not waiting anymore, and we're not taking it anymore. As far as some of the things, we're not trying to create problems. We're just trying to avoid them and try to get a fair chance here.
2: How does this organization? You know, we keep talking about evolution, and you know, the evolution was. You know, Black Coach Association. That was sort of like a, you know, a major deal, right? You know, I mean, when when that was came around, that was like a big deal. Rudy Washington, <laughs> that name, Rudy Washington. By the way, I just heard from Rudy Washington around the Super Bowl, but wow, let's not let not yeah. But anyway, but how does how has this organization evolved from the Black Coach Association? What you know, what problems does it attack that maybe the BCA did not or was not equipped to attack.
3: So, so, you know, I, I, as you know, we've been around long enough to know and, and I, I became part of the BCA in 1988. Uh, it started seven. Right. So from its infancy, you know, to the end. And, and I think the, the BCA's focus, uh, were helping black coaches advance uh, and, and hiring, but just, just instability because there were not that many coaches, uh, and it was more geared towards basketball and, and maybe a little bit of football. So if you went to a BCA convention and I know you've been to a bill, you know, it was, it was three, four, 500, uh, basketball coaches, uh, right? put in with a, with a few other people. So, so that was the core at the start of ABIS, Uh, But it wasn't just college basketball coaches. It was it was college basketball coaches and then it was grassroots coaches because we needed to form a a uniform front because it was about our kids. And as one of our coaches stated, you know, we, we have the oil and we keep giving it away. Right, because our right. kids are controlled by this establishment and not by us, but we need to come together on a grassroots level and, and on a collegiate level. And then, as we started this thing, Bill, uh, we found out if we, we've got to include the women's coaches, right? And we found out that they are a powerful, powerful group uh, that are well organized and well-intended, but they suffer from the same thing. So as we did that, we found out football needed our help. Then we found out that, as Gary mentioned before, volleyball and every other sport. And so the difference is that is an inclusion of everybody in sports, okay, uh, and not just singular nature. And so when you do that, you find out that there are a lot of issues that you have to tackle uh, along those lines. And so I think uh, at our beginning stage, we're only a little bit more than a year old, so we're still putting the building blocks together and the foundation to build for a long, long uh, a period of time. But we want to be looked at as the NAACP for sports, yeah, and, and and in order to do that, you've got to cover a uh-huh. lot of. So I think it's much more vast than than the BCA uh, was, but we're we're certainly growing. So we're not nearly even as powerful as the BCA had been in its heyday.
0: You guys are doing, you know, like you, like you mentioned, there's a lot right. that's involved. Um, you know, just to mention a couple of things on the coaching front, I love the the watch lists that you all put together. Um, you know, whether it's college basketball, uh, black coaches that need to be recognized, that 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 deserve to to, uh, to be considered for for bigger jobs. Um, you've done it for the men men's coaches you're highlighting assistant coaches you've done it for the women's coaches. I saw that you, I, I believe you did it for football coaches as well. Um, we did
1: it. we did yeah. not, not only did we do it for football we did the, um, the NFL and we did um, the college. but I'll tell you what's interesting though we did it for volleyball. what do we know about volleyball <laughs> okay but we did it for volleyball and let me just tell you a story of, about that. so we put the watch list out and one day I get a phone call, from a radio station actually based out of Chicago. And he said to me, Hey, Gary, I had a, a young lady on and she just became the head coach of Sienna. And I asked her, How, how did that happen? And she said, Well, a watch list came out. ABI's created this watch list and I was on that watch list. And next thing I know, I get a phone call from Sienna and I'm the head coach. So my point is, I was in, we went in tune to that. We put the list out. Okay. And this young lady became a head coach. So just to show you the reach that we've been able to achieve, as Dave mentioned, in a short period of time, in volleyball. And we're not just doing volleyball, uh, as we talked about. uh, Not only the sports uh, of baseball, we did one for uh, track and field, you know, also. So we don't want to leave anyone out. And I think what's important, Jamal, about this is this. Too many times the search firm and these ADs say, well, we don't know who these black people are. Really? Well, here's the cheat sheet. We're gonna give it to you. So now there's no there's no excuse. And a year ago, as Dave's mentioned to people, you know, some people last year with the jobs that were open on the basketball side, over fifty percent of those jobs went to um, minorities on the right. men and women's side. That's never happened before. Right. So we're proud of that. And do you see that continuing?
0: Uh, you know, I don't know if it's always going to be fifty percent, but do you see it? Are
1: you, or at least, are you encouraged? By you know that it that it can I, continue. Yes. So so I'd say this we had a party this year at the final calls, the ABIS Day party. And what was interesting about it that some of the search firm came to the party oh, seeking wow. us out, wow. shaking hands, we're sitting down, we're talking with them. That didn't happen before. Some of the ADs came. Okay. And the reason I believe it's gonna continue, Jamal, because we're not gonna take our foot off their neck. All right. We're going to continue to keep this, you know, making this to happen. And again, not in a nasty way, but just in the right way. It's time for this to, to happen. We're not going to let them forget it. And let me give you another thing, okay? In the NFL, 90% of the starters are black. In the NBA, 95% of the starters are black. Right. In the Power 5 Division One football, 90% of the NFL, uh, of the starters in college are black in football right. and basketball. Are you trying to tell us we can't coach us? Right. No, that has to change.
0: And it's also it's interesting also because, like you said, there are other sports: volleyball, uh, baseball, and and, I, and Bill and I talked about this, I think, on the on the last episode. Whereas it's, it's that's true, and that's that's the egregious side of it, right? That you know you have these sports that are dominated by black people on the field, and you can barely get uh, you know black. Black people hired as coaches, but but that can't be the only justification for a black person to be able to coach in those areas. So if it's baseball, it just has to be, you know, black people know baseball. Also, it has nothing to do with with how many people are on the field. So it has to, you have to kind of look at it both ways. Like like you said, the baseball, the basketball, and football is egregious, yes, but it goes beyond all that, and it's just you know if if we if we are. Uh, you know part uh, some of the people that are looking for those jobs and sh- and have that expertise, we should be given
1: the chance well, you know without without a doubt and um all we're asking for is a fair chance. You can't turn around and think that we don't deserve those same opportunities that all blacks all us say are just recruiters. you know Jamal, uh, I know sometimes people think I go to the extreme, but it wasn't that long ago they thought we we're gonna be a quarterback, okay right and that it wasn't that long ago, you know, we couldn't play baseball. It wasn't long ago they thought we had to drink out of a different water fountain, and that we had to sit in the back of the bus, or we had to use a different bathroom. Now, how stupid does those things look now? Right. So this is no no different than that. In that everyone deserve the opportunity based on their skills, and that's all we asking for.
3: And and and, uh, and Jamal, two, two points that 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 come to to light for me is you know part of our. Our board now is a gentleman by the name of Herb Courtney. Herb Courtney right. happens to be the only black search firm uh, the, in, in college sports. Yeah, I wrote, so, I wrote
0: about him uh, for the undefeated
3: a few months ago. Uh, yeah. So, so it's our job to kind of help him establish himself. As Gary just mentioned, not to just be the first, but I want I, we want to make sure that he's competing against other black firms, right? You know, five years from now. Right. So we've got to create awareness. So we've got to do those things to Gary's point about, about the percentages of athletes who participate. So when we started, and there's a lot of things, as you, as you probably know that we that we've put our hands on, ACT, SAT uh, hiring practices that we're talking about. The other is if, if you're in the final four or at the final four, which we all know is a crown jewel of college basketball and one of the crown jewels of sports, right. it's, it's the financial entity that runs The NCAA. So when you go to those four teams that make it, you know, the uh, uh, three to four to five of the starters on each one of the team are all black, you know, and so (laughs) go back to Bill's, you know, profound of maybe the most powerful book I've ever read, The $40 Million Slave. That's the slave labor. But yet behind the scenes, uh, I think the number, Gary, Gary, correct me if I'm wrong, there are 20 vendors that do business with the NCAA. None of which are black. So we can participate. We'll let you even coach a little bit, but we're certainly not going to let you make the money that, that, that we're making off of your, your, your sweat equity. And so those are the things that we've had to bring to light. We understand that change is not going to happen overnight. So that's why we're here to kind of, you know, continue to push the envelope and understand that if, you know, it's, it's, it's one of our colleagues said, if we, if we're going to have to shame you into change if, if we can't name you into change.
2: There are a couple of things. When you just said the shaming part, um, it occurred to me, and I think it probably happened with this last uh, administration, when, you know, it used to be that you could actually shame people you know, white people were actually, you know, ashamed of racism, uh, even kind of ashamed by the obscene privilege that they've gotten. But it seems like the big change of that last generation, that last administration was that the dissolution of shame. In other words, it's almost like telling white people, you know, you don't have to be shamed anymore. You know, in in fact, embrace your privilege, you know, And, and I guess George Floyd kind of was so bizarre that it, 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 I guess we're kind of dealing with white folks' shame a little bit. Um, but hey, I was wondering what you guys thought about that. And my, my larger question uh to both of you uh both of you guys is it what is the consistent issue that we've been facing in terms of getting control of these industries? You know, whether we're involved in them as players or not. I mean, you know, it seems like
1: the Bill, but One of the main issues is that the people who are making a decision don't look like us. And and it goes back to what I think a lot of us have been trying to explain to these athletes is that you don't have to just bounce the basketball or just throw the, you know, throw the ball. There's other things that you can do as part of this industry uh, that can make you just as powerful. Okay. Whether it's becoming a coach or administrator, you know, um, and those types of things. All right. That's the problem in that when you're being interviewed, they don't look like us, and they already have this preconceived notion. So we need to start grooming some of our kids, start coaching our kids into those type of positions that you can make a lot of money doing that. These industries are a billion dollars of, of industries. And and the thing is, is that the average, you know, athlete in some of these sports last four and a half years, what are you going to do after that? We have to continue to keep educating them. And it's interesting that, that you're asking that, Bill, because one of the things that we started with the financial coaching program uh, for some of these schools. J.P. Morgan gave us a grant, and shout out to J.P. Morgan for doing that. And they gave us a grant, and we started a pilot program with St. John University and Hobbs University. And what we're doing is we are teaching these collegiate athletes, how do you open up a checkbook? What's the credit rating? What's the interest rate? How do you get a mortgage? How do you invest? Because as you know, you don't know what you don't know. And when you're young and people don't tell you, you know, how are you supposed to make these things happen? Well, we're making that difference. We're teaching them the right things at this, at this point. And because it went so well this year, J.P. Morgan is now giving us an uh, opportunity to do 12 schools um, um, uh, in September. But half of them, we told them, had to be HBCUs. So half those schools are going to be HBCU schools, okay? So I think we're making a difference uh, from that perspective, too.
3: And, and Bill, so, so so you know the the, the perspective of you know it, we, we look at it from our vantage point as the oppressed. How, let, let's look at it from the oppressor, right? So baseball right. wanted to speed up the length of the game. So when you go, the goes to extra innings. You put a man on second, right now, right? <laughs> so so basically, right. you've had a man on second base for every inning of every game, <laughs> right. and, and we have. Right. So yeah, you so you have a better chance to win. So why would you change if you don't have to? So so now if we're telling you that this, this collectively has to change, you know, and, right. and as you said, their privileges, you know what? Yeah, I've had a man on second, and I also had a man on third, and you couldn't do anything about it. So now, you know, as we as we talk about it. Uh, the, not only the shaming part, I mean, but the structure, as Gary mentioned, to to involve yourself in every aspect of how do you make this better, so that you you have an opportunity to change the narrative. So th- this is what I'm trying to use common sense and everything like What's the difference between what happened in New York City to Eric Garner and what happened in Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota to to George Floyd? The answer is nothing. It was exactly the same, but one was innocent and one was guilty. Why? because the, the the nation and an international community was in an uproar. So in our small space at ABIS, we're going to create and keep an uproar so that you look at things a little bit differently now than you ever have. In every aspect, whether it's financial literacy, whether it's hiring practices, whether it's post-collegiate jobs, whether it's all the things that we have been shut out uh, from over such a long period of time. You know as, as well as we do, it's yeoman's work. Uh it, it's it, it doesn't you know happen overnight, but we are knocking on the door as as our forefathers have, Coach Thompson, Coach Cheney, Coach Richardson, Coach Raveling, and we're going to continue to do it because we have to and we need to. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think it's uh it, it's, it's such a great concept and it's a never-ending concept. Yeah, you know, I was thinking, Gary, as you were describing. The grant that uh, that that uh, that you were given as such a great idea at the college level, but I, I was also thinking that it found probably be great uh, at a, to have that same pilot program at a high school level. You know,
1: uh, and Bill, yeah. Bill, you you're, you're absolutely right, and eventually we're going to, but obviously we have to get started because right. we've discussed that that we need to start even younger. All right, to get in these kids' head before they even get to to get to college, Uh, you know, look, it's kind of like you know what I tell people all the time, you know, people aren't born racist, okay? That's uh, a learned craft, you know, so to speak, because that's the narrative that they they've been told. I tell this famous story in that I was sixteen years old before I found out that Cleopatra was not Elizabeth Taylor, okay, and. Those is concepts that we have to change and we have to continue to keep teaching. So I'm with you, Bill, on that. You know, we've talked about that in starting younger, but obviously we had to start somewhere.
2: Right.
0: And
1: right. uh and literally we're talking about we're talking to the NBA about a pilot like that for high school.
2: Right, right. Yeah, and again, I mean, anything you do, there are like a million different ways to pick at it. So, oh, you should do this, you do that. So I think, you know, you're absolutely right. It's, it's great that you you know that you have to start. And then you improvise off of you know you, you know what you at least get started. Um, mm-hmm. And Dave, uh, talk about the program, not the program, but these the enterprise you're involved in.
3: Yeah, yeah. So so last year, and 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 funny because Gary and I had been talking about it for a long time. Uh, he he started on the advisory board for. Uh, the company Overtime, which is based in New York, and they also have offices in L.A. But uh, what they wanted to do was create another avenue uh, for for athletes to go through this process to become professional basketball players, NBA and and, uh, and elsewhere, Europe and, and G League, and those kind of places. And so, um, th- about two years ago, or a little bit more than that, they they took the idea to fruition, and you know, started to to manufacture interest uh, and fundraising. Uh, and last year, um, long story short, uh, the details of which it probably won't bore you with, but Kevin Ali got the job as the head coach of Overtime Elite. Uh, Kevin and I go back to 1991 when he was a high school athlete in Crenshaw and in, in South Central. But we stepped, we've kept in contact. We we're, you know, together like brothers. I came to work with him and created another avenue. The, you know, it's funny, we complain about, uh, the, the, the one avenue that there always has been. Go from high school to college, college to the NBA or to Europe, and then kind of on from there. Uh, this was another opportunity. So uh, we got 26 athletes from around the world. Uh, most of them are American, about half a dozen from, from Europe and other places. Uh, brought them to here in Atlanta, uh, paid them as professional athletes, uh, took them out of their high schools, uh, and they've had to forego Uh, their college experience, and invest in uh, training in every aspect of their life. Uh, Not just the basketball, which is obvious, but, you know, continue their academic pursuits to get their high school diploma. Uh, As Gary mentioned, one of the things that we've talked about, financial training, life coaching, all the things that they need to be uh, professionals as, so that when they walk away from here, they're more prepared uh, to go into the world and, and p- not only play basketball, but be successful in adventure. We're we just coming up on the end of year one. Uh, it's been really, really successful in our first year, so much so that we're going to expand from, from 26 to now 30 players. Uh, we're going to mention in another week, You know how we're going to expand our team base uh, to be outside of Atlanta. Uh, we just this week, Uh, At the final four in in New Orleans, uh, Mark Emmert from the NCAA met with the ownership here. And we signed this week our first high school player to a scholarship. So he will not get paid and will retain his college eligibility. So we think it's a game changer. So now that you can come here and get kind of almost like the prototype of what European, uh, the the young Real Madrid's of the world do. In, in their training to to produce professional athletes bringing that here to america and having another option it may not be the best or the only thing to do but it's an option versus the the monopoly that has been high school to college college to professional ranks and so uh it's it's taken on a life of its own now that the public understands a little bit more about it uh and and uh it, the interest has been great uh, over time as you probably know as a social media company that has made a lot of money and uploading videos from stars across the country. I think the biggest it was, was Zion Williamson and what he was doing when he was in high school. And so uh, it, it it has been able to expand uh, and get, you know, fundraising from a lot of places. We've got probably uh, almost 30 NBA players who uh, have, have invested. We've got NBA ownership. We've got Drake, we've got Jeff Bezos. We've got uh, a lot of other people that have, have joined, uh, because I think they think this is a really good idea, and most importantly, an alternative to a system that a lot of people thought was broken.
0: Right, uh, Ga- yeah. Gary. Let me let me uh, let me ask you. I know um, ABIS has a couple things coming up, and I, and I wanted you to, to let us know about that. But first, just one last question, and kind of sticking to the to the young athlete, the young black athlete. Uh, uh, topic that we've that we've been talking about a little bit. Uh, you you coming from coming from a grassroots background. Uh, you already mentioned before how that's a big part of ABIS, uh, the grassroots coaches and reaching the kids at a at a younger age. And you mentioned you know giving away the oil and that type of thing. What what do you how do you envision uh, you know changing that that grassroots system and and maybe doing a better job. Of educating the kids at a younger age, because one of the, we, you know, one of the things that we always talk about nowadays, and we talk about who has the power, we know that the that the highest paid athletes have a lot of power, but a lot of times they're silent on issues. I'm wondering, you know, if you if if they're educated at a younger age and taught in a different way at a younger age, could that change the landscape also?
1: Yeah. You, well, first thing we have to do is that we have to educate the grassroots coaches. I think that once you educate them, then they go back and educate the kids. Because what's happened is that they keep hearing one story, or parents and other people are hearing, you know, a particular story. So with, within the ABIS, you know, we try to come together and explain exactly what's going on. So now these grassroots coaches who are with these these kids at a young age can explain the situation to them. Not only that, not only explain, but explain to them the power that they have. Okay. Because right now they all seem to think they don't have any power. Some do, but a lot of them don't think so. So we have to continue to keep spreading that word to explain them. If if they come together, changes could be made. Because all too often, they've been told, no, you don't. By someone who really don't know. This is part of the way that we're going to be able to change this. And you know, Jamal, you started to say something. This is part of the reason why we're putting our event together. Okay? I've always felt that we didn't need to wait someone else to validate how powerful we are, so the reason for doing the, the champion and legends weekend gala, and, and and that's a big thing. It's a I shouldn't say we can gala. It's a, it's a it's a weekend of events because we're starting on Friday, you know, with a uh, 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 golf. Then we do doing professional development. We're doing a welcome reception that Friday night, and it's an all white affair. So you got so, Bill, make sure you have your white on, okay. <laughs> and then on Saturday oh, we're doing more de- development classes. That's a shout. And having Ben quote speak. And then the gala that night. And Bill, put your formal attire on now, Bill. Okay. And then on uh, Sunday we're gonna do a gospel brunch. But the, but the point is, the reason we're doing this because we need to celebrate some of the famous sports figures that we have produced well, that people don't seem to be aware of. Okay. And, and and we start off with Bill, for example. And we're naming uh the we're gonna have the William C. Roden, uh sports media award. People to need to know all those things that Bill has done in his life. Okay, I cannot, I cannot tell you when I when I started speaking about Bill, how many people said, Oh, I didn't know that. And, and and because of that, that award is gonna be named after him forever. And this year, the first person who's going to receive that award is Jamil Hill. With with all the things she's been through, all the things that she's done, we just thought that she would be the perfect person to receive that. And she was honored. She was honored to be receiving bill's award all right but but it's not just about bill right we're doing other people i can still remember as a young kid watching these olympians raise their fist i wasn't sure what's going on but i knew it was a powerful moment and i've never forgotten that as long as i've lived and so now we're gonna do the john carlos slash tommy smith social justice award and it's gonna go to dr richard lachick and if, if people if you don't know who that is look it up powerful man and on dr jay the Lifetime Achievement Award. Who doesn't know Dr. J, okay? So the, the Vivian Stringer Pioneer Award. Again, like I tell people, I was at Cheney when, when Coach Vivian Stringer was the women's coach. It was unbelievable. I'll never forget the the, the the thing that these women did You know, at that school. There was more, more people watched the women's game than they did the guys. And John Cheney was the coach and the guys were pretty good. But that's how powerful that was. So now Dawn Staley is going to be receiving that award. That's powerful stuff. Okay. And Bill, here's something you're going to like. So I told people that whoever gets these awards, it doesn't matter the sport or whatever it is. So we have the Eddie Robinson uh, Leaders of Athletes Awards. Jamal, guess who's getting that award this year? Who? Shaheen Holloway. Ah, nice. Nice. Not bad, right? Yes. Think about that. See Mm -hmm. Now, as soon as I said it, you understand why he's getting it. Yeah. So those are the things that we're doing and we want to educate people every year why these people are receiving these particular award. The Jackie Jordan Kersey Excellence Award. Come on now, Just name after her. And Allison Phillips is going to be receiving that. Oh, that's so we're proud of what we're able to create and this is going to be a every year thing. Okay, and, and, and we're so honored that Bill has uh, uh, has agreed to allow us to use his name you know, for, you know, for the awards, but he's earned that. So now every year when we tell these stories, people can't say they don't know who William Rohn is. And, and these kids are going to be talking about this in school. That's the purpose of all of this. Naming rights, huh? <laughs> that's another, <laughs> that's another, that's another conversation off end. That's another <laughs> conversation, Bill. That's another con- and, and, and you know what? So we have um the Shaquille O'Neal Economic and Sustainability Award. And again, that's what, that was really for people to know what some of our sport figures out there doing. And this year, Albert King is getting that. And people are like, who's Albert King? So now you're able to tell the story. Well, why is he getting it? Well, are you aware that he owns a, you know, a couple of Wendy's out there in the black community and he's employing black? Oh, okay. That's how we're going to celebrate us. So this is going to be our version of the Black S. V. Awards. Or the Black BT Award, it sports, and we're part of that. That's
2: great. That's great. Yeah, let's let's see who take that over. You know, that yeah. <laughs> this is a great idea. Hey. But you know, uh, let, me, let me ask you, uh, this guys, in, in, in a couple of minutes that we we, we got left, um, this guy's silly. silly. Uh, what did you guys think? I, I do want to talk a little bit about. NBA playoffs because there is sort of a a black component there. You mentioned Zion, and I was thinking, how well does that work out? Um, I'm going to ask you guys something that has nothing at all to do with sports. It may have to do with slap boxing, but what did you guys think of um, the the whole Will Smith and uh, uh, Chris Rock thing? And I mean, we've had like a few weeks to digest it. but you know i mean you can get ready to meet in vegas to celebrate black excellence and i'm wondering if we look at our forefathers you know jack you know jackie bobson and you know all the things that we're trying to regret is that a level of progress when you could kind of have this thing on you know international television and have you know this kind of thing occur in front of a global audience you know have we sort of you know, is that some kind of uh, you know? Is that some kind of benchmark?
1: So wow. Dave, since uh, I spoke uh, last, Dave, you go first,
3: then. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and I'm trying to figure out if you if you ask if it's a benchmark in a positive or negative way because when it when it happened, Bill, the first the first, and I was in the other room. My wife said, "You wouldn't believe what just happened." I said, <laughs> "When I walked in and she re- re- found the the television for me, the, my first thing was embarrassment." Yeah. Because, you know, I looked at, again, from the white perspective and understanding the academy and, and the racist nature that they've conducted their business over a bunch of years. It's like, here they go again. Here they go again. You know, you, you, you give them a little bit and they want to act up. And so I, that was the first thing that came to mind. And that. But I also understand the human emotion, particularly as it relates to those you love, is a powerful thing. And we uh, as, as black people are more emotional than anybody. You know, if if you're going to curse me out, I'm going to curse you. You know, uh, white people, as I tell Gary all the time, I I can screw you over and have lunch with you the next day. Right. Right. You talk about my wife. Not only I want to smack the mess out you, you know, I want to keep doing it until they pull me off of you. And so uh, whatever was going on in Will Smith, as they talk about, who knows, you know, the dynamics of what he's going on in his life uh, that led to that. Uh, but I looked at it as a, as a form of embarrassment because, uh, you know, we should do better. And, you know, if karma heads prevail and you don't like it, then you corner him in the back and, you know, you you can do whatever you need to do. Uh, pull his coat, uh, chest him up or do whatever. But you just don't do it in front of the cameras because, um, you know, they, they're going to take it a certain way uh, uh, than what it was intended to be. And so, so- that was my reaction to it. Um, as well as everybody has their own, obviously, opinion because uh, it was, and Bill,
1: I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you mine. I was at a meeting the other day, uh, JP Morgan, they brought in over 40 people from across the country, different type of people. What's amazing is that, though, is I'm sitting there because I worked on Wall Street for over 20 years and I'm at the front. And The first thing I did was look to see where the black person at, and I was sitting there thinking, Wow, we're in 2022. And we're still doing the same thing. And I'm looking for the black person so we do our not. Okay. I wanted to do our not. Right. All right. And it's amazing that we're, we're still doing it. Right. Okay. But it is what it is. So when I saw what Will did, I was like, like, uh, Dave, are you kidding me? Did you just seriously do that? So we just had a president, and I never say his name, okay? Right. Uh, right. I'm not even gonna lie, I call him Captain Idiot, right. who just set us back 30 years ago. OK. Right, right. And, all right. And for all these things to come back that we have tried to to stop. And now, thank God he's gone, you know, so to speak, at least for now. And will you come out there and you slap another black man in right. international TV? Right. Are you serious? And then here's the thing, guys. Understand this. It's not every single person who are watching TV every single day. So you had some white person from Kentucky somewhere who just watched TV probably for the first time in a while because it's a national show, and just saw a black man do that and probably said, Will and me, look what they just did again. Right. What are you doing, Will? Right. What are you right. doing? He said, if, if I would have done that, they would have put me in jail.
0: Right. One of the first things I thought about was, you know, would, would he have
3: done that to a white host? Right. You know? And, and if you... Jamal, if you look if you look at the world that we live in you know you, you could almost explain it because you know the psychological nature of where everybody's at, Pre and post COVID has everybody upside down. Right. So who knows what's going on and, and how you react to certain things. Right. You know, there's there's, there's things going on. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I just read where one brother shot another brother arguing over you know loading a truck. Right. You know, th- things are going on now that so I, I I'm not here to to figure out what was going through his mind. I just know as Gary and I said, and you know, that the reaction to it is is looked at a certain way. Uh, and and you know, they can do whatever they want to do and 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 keep it moving tomorrow. Uh, and, and, and we can't. Yeah,
1: exactly. You know what? And this is why we need more things that uh like uh, Dave and I are putting together and other people ABIS you know the champion of legend because we need to be able to show people black excellence. And that's what this show is going to be you know about. Uh, people don't don't see enough of that. And that goes back to what we talked about changing the narrative. And it might be a little slow, but that's the way we're going to keep going. And if we, if it's like I tell people all the time, right? If you build the foundation correctly, it'll be there for a long time. And that's what this is going to be. This is going to be the foundation of, of something big. And um, we have to keep moving forward.
2: Yeah. yeah. Hey, well, this has been a great, uh, you know, great conversation, man. And I'm looking forward to seeing you uh, in Las Vegas. And, and Dave, looking forward to hearing more about the organization. You know, the question I did want to ask you um, is, you know, I was talking about this, uh, you know, I, I went, you know, I, I worked at Ebony Magazine uh, like in 1974, from 74 to 78. And we did a thing called Baseball, Football, Basketball Roundup, you know, that we do the story about the NBA. And the, and the premise was that, you know, because, you know, Johnson, publication, Ebony's been around for a long time, that there weren't a lot of blacks in these sports. So we started doing these roundups just to let you know, you know, who the black folks were. Yep. And by the time I yep. left, you know, we we, we discontinued it. Because by the time I left doing the NBA roundup, it was like, you know, we ran out of space because oh, all these black players, NFL, all these <laughs> black. And, and my question right. is, when we're talking about black head coaches and all that, remember, and, and you got even in basketball, you know, when you had, you know, quotas and that kind of stuff, at, at what point, sort of, do we start counting? You know, stop counting. You know, when, um, you know, when we look at the NCAA head coaches or even the NBA and, and NFL head coaches, at what point do we do what we do? We don't even talk about can you play cornerback anymore because the entire defense is black, or you know, or we don't talk about the NBA anymore because the entire NBA is probably black players. So at what point? You think we stop counting? Stop counting head coaches.
3: I hope, stop, yeah. I, I hope it's when I hope it's when my great grandson is my age. Yeah, <laughs> that's what's it's my hope because it doesn't. Have, you know, so so I'm proud. I just left the Big East last year, and next year there's going to be seven out of eleven coaches in the Big East conference that will be black. Wow. That is that is my goal. But at the same point in time, in the Pac-12, there's zero. Right, it's zero. Well, there's right. always work to be done because you know and I, and I say this generationally uh bill you 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 are' um, uh, you know probably somewhere you're you're older than me but we're from the same in the, the, the 60s and, and, uh, and beyond the '70s. right so so our parents our parents were born you in the 40s the 30s and 40s right your, your grandparents who you probably learned a lot from either through your parents or through directly from them were born at the turn of the century right. You know, and and their parents were enslaved. Right. And so not that long ago uh, that that those narratives uh, match with what goes on today in our world and in the white establishments world. So it's going to be a long time, if at all, before the narrative changes to equality. You know, so whenever you put your guard down, there's a punch coming. Right. So we could never put our guard down. We can never stop screaming about what is fair and not fair in hiring practice in every other level of sports. Right. And, and Bill, right. take Bill, Bill, take a look at this. There are less black
1: baseball players now than, than there were ten years ago. Exactly. So you know, so to to Day's point, we can't stop. We can't take our foot off that pedal. We have to continue to hang in here. And that's the reason why you still have organizations like NAACP. Although I like to maybe for them to change their name, you know, from, you know, color people to something else. Right. But uh, the, the point, though, is that this is why we have to be here to stay. And we have to continue to educate and grab more people, get more people to be members and do these award shows and things in nature so people can see us in a better light. It, it's just amazing how some things people don't know. When I put a video out, and I said, hey, white people, I wish your ancestors would have, you know, would not have burned down Black Wall Street. Okay. You know, a lot of white coaches called me and said, Gary, I didn't know anything about that. Tell me more. They don't know. So we can't stop.
2: Yeah. Yeah. As big yeah. as Big John used to say, you know, he just in these conversations, said, it's not over and it'll never be over.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Yeah. There it is. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh there's this famous uh, Miles Davis that uh, did this album for Jack Johnson uh it, and that's what it was called Jack Johnson and at the very end of it he had this great groove and then it kind of slows down and it has Jack Johnson's voice Actually, james Jones. James Joe and he said I'm black never let me forget it said, I'm black mm. all right and I'll never let you forget it <laughs> <laughs> so that's, hey, it. Hey, that's hey, it hey man listen man this has been uh such so so great having you guys on the show. Uh, you know, thank you. Uh, uh, thank you so much, uh, you know, for being a guest, enlightening us. Uh, appreciate everything you guys do. Uh, you know, keep uh, keep holding it down. You know, uh, good luck to uh, uh, to my man, Brian. Uh, that's why I last saw you, uh, Gary, right? At the Brian, at the yep. – uh, Brian Flores. That
1: Flo- Brian, Brian Flores. Yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah, you know, so you know, absolutely. Yeah, man. Like, so you know, we're fighting it at all fronts. You guys are fighting at all fronts. So, you
1: know, thank you. Kids have, that's right. And, that- and, and 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 Bill, and Bill, he's gonna get an award too. He's getting the champion of change, the Sonny Vacal Champion of Change Award. How about that? Right. So that's why we have to keep fighting a good fight. Thank you for having us on. Yeah. Um, it, it was a pleasure. I enjoyed this. And uh, we're gonna see each other soon. Bill, I don't know if you golf, but you know, Dr. J. And Jim Thorpe were gonna be there too, so they're gonna be golfing on Friday morning. Okay, I don't know if you go.
2: I do not go, but you know Jim Thorpe went to Morgan. Uh, Jim Thorpe went to oh, Morgan. Wow. He actually played football. I didn't know that. He played football for a minute, and then he said, "Fuck this!" And next thing we knew, he's Jim Thorpe. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember we down there. You know, the plantation is <laughs> at HBCU too, and I remember being okay, being down there at practice. You know. Down on the field, and then before probably looking up, and two of the assistant coaches, Jesse Thomas and Nate Taylor, you know, you know, they they were like coach older brothers, and they were up there golfing. They were like hitting, teeing off, hitting golf balls, you know, into the into the field. And i was, and wow, and then they, they, we actually had a course, a golf course, and I kicked myself now. I said, man, you know, how about that? I should have been doing that instead of been down here. How about field. that? I should've been up there, with
1: Jim Thorpe those guys hitting hitting them with the damn My life could have been changed. So anyway, um, that's fact. All you had to do was hit that little ball, uh, uh, Bill. Damn it! That's all you had yep. to do. All I had yep. to do. Yeah, I'll just walk. You got, yeah. And, and you guys, oh, you man.
0: guys have the you guys have the uh the golf outing. You had your first annual, I think, last summer, and you got the second annual
1: uh golf event coming up in August, right? That's correct. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Kenny Smith, uh, Jason William from the Nets is going to be part of that. We also have Raquel Odin, uh, who is pretty high up with uh, uh, J.P. Morgan. Uh, she's going to be you know honored, uh, you know also. So we're, uh, uh and uh, Katrina Adams. Katrina Adams used to play uh, tennis and was the former president right, 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 of the right. U.S.T.A. Yeah. So, right. so we're part of that. You know, we're going to be honoring her also. So yeah. Um, uh, listen. We're trying to let people know who we are, and it's not going anywhere. All right. Well, hey, hey Gary, thank you so much. Dave, thank you
2: guys so much. And uh, thank you. you know, looking forward thank to you. staying in contact. You got yeah, it. Thanks for having Take us, thank you.
3: Appreciate you always. All right, guys.
2: All right. Appreciate
3: thanks, you. Take care.
1: Right.
2: Hey, that was great. Uh, two great guests, man. Doing really, really good things. But just kind of reminds you that you know the struggle continues. <laughs> from one decade to another. It's just, you know, when yep. Jamal, your, your sons are like in their 30s, hopefully they'll be, you know, talking about, Ugh. you know, some variation of this, you know.
3: Right. Hopefully there will right. be
2: they'll, they will be beneficiaries of it in terms of being presidents and whatever, but say that ain't enough. You know, gotta be more. That ain't enough. Gotta be more.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, if, if there's anything history has taught us, uh, like you said, the oppress, the oppressors are not Trying to give up what they have that easily, right. and 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 just like uh, Dave Leto said, uh, if you put your guard down, you're going to get punched in the right. face. So um, you got to keep that guard up. And it's, I'm sure in 30 years from now, there's going to be we're going to be fighting for something. Yeah, there's no question about it. Yeah.
2: All right, Mary. Well, listen, man, another great uh, great show. Um, you know, thanks for pulling it together, and uh, we'll see you uh, next week. I guess but next week, man, we have to have another NBA segment.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. We got to talk Kyrie. Oh, got to talk about Kyrie. We got to talk about uh, James Harden. We got to oh, talk man. about Ben Simmons. We got to talk about. I mean, that'll be old news because all those teams might be out by then. But and uh, then Doc, and they losers.
2: Gonna... oh my god. Oh man. <laughs> oh. And, then,
0: and 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 they're play, Doc is playing tonight, game six. I know. So I know. Oh
2: brother. Who? And mm. who knows?
0: Wait, before we leave, you got to you got to this. The Nets. The Nets can't. They can't. Sign Kyrie to a to a big extension. Well which, may, me which means which means
2: they will. You know. I mean, even, even black folks are saying, man, you can't do that. And then, you know, I'm sure Kyrie's people will put the George Floyd guilt on them, you know. You know, oh, you're gonna man, do this to yeah, a brother yeah. and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And they say, ah, you know, you just doing this because I'm a black man standing up for myself, you know, no. you know, we'll give you 10 years. Oh my God! So you know oh, they're gonna, get, you, know, so he, you know they're gonna do that. We'd be stuck with this cat for another four years. He, but although if they give him four years, he may not play. That's
0: exactly. He may exactly. Not play. He may so, just play for I mean, so like. That, that, that's on them. They want to give him four years and pay him for four years. So he and he plays about the, the equivalent of one year. That's 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 on them. And Ben yes. Simmons,
2: the all invisible oh. team. Oh my God! Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. We we'll put them all on one then, squad. I'm,
0: I'm embarrassed to be from Brooklyn right now. Yeah, well I can say
2: well you are. So (laughs) Yeah, we can talk about that because I'm sure there's gonna be more more of that news as we as we go out. All right, wait, wait, Bill.
0: I gotta ask you before before we leave. You know, we talked about this last episode. Have you been watching Winning Time?
2: Hell yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So 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 you like it. So you like it. It's it's entertaining.
2: (laughs) You know, it's very entertaining, and I, it, I, you, you notice Magic went up and whipped out his thing on. Uh, you know, he's got his own. Which I, which I soap. watched I watched
0: the first three episodes of Magic's thing, and that's good also. But you know, ma- Magic's thing is ma- it's a different story. Magic's story is only part of Winning Time. But you know, there's right. a lot. There's a lot more
2: to Magic's story as as we know. You know, later on. Right. 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 So yeah, I mean, I guess the, the takeaway from that thing is tell your own story.
0: Right. And, you know, the, the first episode of, of, of Magic's thing where he's talking about the Lakers and stuff, a lot of that corroborates what Winning Time is saying. Like he's, he talks about uh, carrying the boom box everywhere. He talks about having a conflict with Kareem. He talks about Cookie. So, I mean, everything he talked about in his, in his documentary kind of linked up with what Winning Time was saying. I know, I, like I said, like I told you last week, they, everybody in Winning Time is a caricature.
2: You know right. what I mean? So, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Norm Nixon do an interview, and he said that the thing where he played magic at the playboy, it never happened. Yeah. Yeah. So they they made some stuff up now. You know. So yeah. No, but to you a question, yeah, watch <laughs> it. It, it. it I gotta. I guess I gotta suck are it you, up to watch
0: magic. Are you caught up? Are you caught up on winning time? You got
2: more? Are you? Uh, I still. I still got. Uh, I'm. I'm behind a little bit. Okay. Uh. Okay. I'm actually when that coach came. Who the fuck is Jack McKinnon?
0: Yes, yes, yes,
2: yes, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm there. I'm I'm at that episode where he comes and right. everybody's like, you know,
0: yeah, it you get, know, it, what? yeah, and it gets better. It's getting it's gotten better pretty much, most episodes, you know.
2: Yeah. So more that story that you know I got to write my, my my own book and have it picked up. Or yes. have the book that yeah. I've already written picked up. Yeah, that the, That's the, book,
0: the book you've already written, come on, man. That has to be picked up. Somebody had, you know, it takes it's going to take, uh, you know, we got, you know, I don't know. We, we got to find somebody who... I who... Like, well, I was
2: like, come on, Carmelo. <laughs> Carmelo's group's got it. You uh, know, you all going to dribble the shoot. Right, know? right. So, all right, enough of that. So everybody stay safe. Uh, you know, continue to be vigilant. If you haven't been vaccinated, Get vaccinated. You know, continue to wear your mask, social distance. I know the illusion is that this is over, but it ain't over, you know. So stay safe and continue to pray. Take care, everybody. God bless.